listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conley. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey, hey, friends, this is Jess Connolly, and we are back with a new episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast. It's been a few weeks. It's been crazy here. We gave you guys a fun audio sample a few weeks ago, the first chapter, the intro chapter to You Are the Girl for the Job, but then we took a quick break because a hurricane hit the Southeast, and so we were unable to upload new episodes, but It's perfect timing. We have our dear friend, Ruth, on this week's podcast. Her new book, Beholding and Becoming, just came out. But you know her, you love her. If you don't know her, you're going to love her. Enjoy this episode as we talk about becoming what we behold. Hey, friends. What a treat we have today with my friend, you probably consider your friend and you're smart to do so. Ruth, thank you so much for being here. It's the best. I love it. Thanks for having me. So you and I just briefly were chatting before the podcast starting, and this is this is the crazy season. It is. <laughs> it is. Let's just be honest. Let's that, say, um, let's talk yeah. about it. I believe this podcast comes out a few weeks before Ruth's book, Beholding and Becoming, And my book comes out just, I think, three or four weeks later. Yep. And so what does right now look like for you? Well, so here's the thing. You know, and I think the listener will probably get this too. Everybody has so much fun in the creation process, right? It's Mm -hmm. really fun at the beginning. It's really fun at the end. It's really not that fun when you're putting one foot in front of the other. And it's also in this day and age, just not that fun when the thing that you've put your heart and soul and created with open hands and absolutely as an offering to the Lord gets put under metrics is Mm. constantly turned into a product. And that's not wrong. We live in a time where, you know, you and I both own businesses, Mm -hmm. you market and you work on that, but it can be draining because as human beings, we're just we're built with a knack for putting our self-worth yeah. into the wrong things. Like by nature, right? Our simple nature sets us up to basically do all the things that your book is telling us not to do, right? It's, mm-hmm. all, it's like all the things that like your book is reminding us, like do not put your metric for yourself and your worth and all those things in something other than what Christ says about you. Right. But everything about social media and not everything, not everything about, I just mean the, the, the parts where our proclivity is to always look at the way we're going to be measured or judged, or what if we get a bad review Mm -hmm. or what if people don't understand what I'm saying? Or what if I spend a year of my life doing something that won't feel like it's fruitfully received, whatever that is. So those are the things that, um, if we're just being honest among friends here is, a little bit stressful this time of the season, this part of the journey. Absolutely. And what does the work of it look like? Because some people might not know yeah. three, four weeks out from a book launch, what does the actual oh, work look like? It is so much. Well, this is my third podcast interview today. So it's yeah. telling the story, but being responsible to tell the right story because the best story to tell is always God's and not mine. And so I just am like trying to figure out how to steward the story well, because he's given me a voice and an opportunity to say something. And we all have weary days. We mm-hmm. all have days where you just kind of want to shut up and not say anything anymore and just 
you know, but content creation is exhausting and creating graphics, creating, and maybe I don't do every single thing by myself, but overseeing mm -hmm. everything that is being produced. So yeah, it's a lot of phone calls, a yeah. lot of interviews, a lot of media, a lot of discerning what is good stewardship and what is not good stewardship. What is good financial responsibility and, right. and what is not? Where, where do you want to put your time and energy? How do you not want to do that? When do you need to say no, right? Yeah. This is exhausting. Just knowing when do I need to say, it's all right. Missed opportunity might be a worthy missed opportunity. That's okay. I don't sure. have to say yes to everything. So that's how this season feels. And I don't know if you are... Actually, I know you're in the same boat as me, that <laughs> we also have a family and yeah. ministry yeah. and a business that actually does produce income for yeah. our families. And so, no, I don't sit in just, just in case, in, in case anyone is listening and has a misconception about this, I'm not sitting in this glorious room where hummingbirds are flying around mm. me and flowers are fragrant and my kids have put away their laundry perfectly <laughs> and I'm painting and mumbling beautiful prayers while scripture is like flowing in my mind. And I just do that every day and money just like produces itself and <laughs> we just go and buy groceries and it's fine. No, it's like, yeah. I'm hustling for that. Like yeah. I'm working and I work a job like everybody else. Like I go to work yeah. and I come home and try to be as available as it can be for my family and try to steward it well. And some seasons the front burner is hot and mm. sometimes it's less hot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yep, that's right. I want to talk about beholding and becoming though, because I want to talk about it combining what we just said. I want to talk about like, what does it look like to worship every day when it's hot, when the front burner is yeah. hot? I love it. I love yeah. that you said that. That's exactly how it feels because I do perceive that worship is one of those areas of spiritual life where people believe that it has to look very idyllic or perfect or tidy. Right. And so what does worship look like just right now in the thick of this for you? I think the thing that I've learned more than anything is that God wants to talk to me all the time and that he is not waiting for me to you know, catch up in my Bible reading plan or pull out that journal and journal all those days that I was supposed to write out all the magnificent things I've learned, or it's not happening because I'm sitting out in the field painting, even though I do that sometimes, but that's not where the magic happens necessarily. Mm. God is meeting us where like he did not give us 24 hours of mundane, normal life so that we could wait until we go to the mission field or go to church on Sunday. That's not the only place where we're going to meet him. He's actually meeting us while we're working out the homework problems yeah. or going to get the back to school supplies or running our kid to the dental appointment where we have to pay for a filling now, you know, right. like those are all the everyday stuff. I mean, if you and I look at what consisted of our last week, some weeks you and I can say, I got to travel and meet with a friend and man, I ate the coolest meal at this one place, but that's not most weeks, yeah. most weeks. Well, my preteen is starting to get moody at night and yeah. we're going to have to sit there and chat about that for a while. Or my husband and I still, still argue about this one thing <laughs> we've argued about back and forth for the last decade of our lives and we're making progress, but it still kind of is a thorn, right? Yeah. Like that's normal life. The yeah. normal life is your grass is going brown. Like you got to yeah. figure out what's wrong with your grass and you got to pull some weeds and man, nobody started laundry and it went sour or, you know, mm -hmm. it started the dryer. So that's real life. And so, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this much on 
different podcasts, but I'll share it again here, that um, the reason why I did a book that is beautiful and has so much artwork in it, and the reason why it has, if, if you look at it and it kind of reminds you of some of the wallpapers that you're seeing out right now, it's because there was a designer in the late 19th century, his name is William Morris, and H&M actually had a line of dresses done in William Morris. They called them the Morris Collection, I think, last year or something. Wow. But, um, Here's the thing, and I don't, I'm not an art history buff, and I'm not gonna try to pretend that I know all about that era, but Art Nouveau, Art Deco, that whole season, all I know is this. There was a time when the Sistine Chapel got the beautiful art, when art was like in, in magnificent places of worship. Mm -hmm. And Art Nouveau kind of came about at the end of the 19th century where people were like, well, what about everyday objects? Like mm -hmm. my coffee table, shouldn't my coffee table be beautiful? Shouldn't wallpaper or silverware or, and that's when that movement started happening. Now they weren't trying to worship. They weren't like worshiping almighty God with making things beautiful. But I wanted to say, look, look, you guys, let's not overlook the ways he's working in the place that you think is wasted and boring mm -hmm. and something that you just need to survive right now. Mm -hmm. Let's not just survive the season, but look at how is he moving? How is he wanting you to know and apply the gospel right now when life seems unfair, which is one of the chapters, or when there are too many repairs and you need to remodel and redo, like those kinds of things that are just a little like, wait, what? The Lord wants yeah. to show me something here? But that's really how it works. And so there's beautiful imagery throughout, but the imagery is not really for any other purpose than to cause us to slow down and to recognize that he's the master creator at work. And we're, as image bearers, we are to give every moment back to him. And that's easier said than done, don't you think? I think so. I think so. <laughs> so hard, girl. So, so hard. And I, I watch you. You do that well, friend. You really do, because I feel like you without getting too much in your head, you know, like I feel like you go on a run and you're like, hey, what's one thing I can realize about yeah, perseverance here? Or you, yeah. whatever it is, you're always saying, I think the Lord wants me to learn something right now in mm. this. And it doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to be cleaned up. And we sure don't have to show up after we finish the Bible study, you know, that we're trying to finish. Yeah. So he's welcome us right there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's hope so always. Okay, let's talk about the becoming part of beholding and becoming. <laughs> if someone just asked you on the street, hey, yeah. like we're beholding God, we're beholding his goodness, we're beholding all his good works, what's the becoming? So the bottom line is becoming is a non-fancy way of saying we are being sanctified day by day. Sanctification is the big word, the fancy spiritual word for, for what God does. Once we are in Christ, we are not transformed overnight. Mm. Day by day, he cultivates the life that he's forming in us. He creates that. He reshapes us. He molds us. He scrapes away the things that are unbecoming in us, and he molds us back to our original intended purpose. So as image bearers, we were created for a purpose, and the word sanctification ultimately means to return back to the intended purpose that was given mm. to whatever object. And in this case, we as image bearers had a purpose that sin marred. And because of Christ, we have the opportunity to be transformed back into his likeness day by day. Yeah. And so I think the bottom line is we 
look at whether you want to call it a highlight reel or the the best of the best of social media, but we kind of see people's arrival stories and we go, I want to be like that in five years, or mm -hmm. I want to be at a place where I can run a marathon, or I want a business to take off, or I want to have a platform, I want to write a book, whatever it is that is in your dream thing. You don't run a marathon if you're not standing up and going for a walk today and right. then jogging tomorrow. It's the little steps that build up and accumulates to who you're becoming. And so I think the whole idea here is that sanctification is the, this big, lofty, hugely theological thing that happens to godly people who sign up for the right Bible study. Yes. No, sign up for the right Bible study, be in community, but for goodness sakes, it happens because you choose to look at him and not your circumstances as they are today. You yeah. have to make that choice today. Yeah. And so you can either stare at your phone and compare with other people all day long. And sister, your life is going to change and be shaped by what you're staring at every day. Yeah. And five years from now, if you've given a good solid three hours of your day, every single day, comparing your life, discerning and trying to figure out like what you should be doing, how their formula is working in your life. If you're spending three hours, like think about what that builds up to. If you ran mm -hmm. for three hours a day, you're going to be a pretty amazing runner. So if you shape your appetite and shape your eyes and your heart to viewing your phone for three hours a day, obsessing about something, it could be a lot of other things that you're gazing on. Sometimes they aren't even bad things, but if you are giving all your attention to whatever it is that captures your gaze more than God, you're going to be shaped by that. And so that's where our becoming happens. I'm trying to demystify the idea that sanctification is just some big spiritual thing that happens to only godly people. No, it happens to anyone in Christ is being shaped and formed daily by how we choose to gaze on what he gives us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say someone is listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I'm in. I want to gaze at God. I want to look at him right now. What would you suggest them? Where would you point them like today? You know, I, I feel like every time I answer anything, it's always like paradigm, big picture, deep mm. thinker thing. But then there's also the practical, the simple. Yeah. Simply put, I'll just go super simply put, you cannot know God's heart without the word of God. So like we want to, we want to be like, let me just feel my way to knowing who God is. But no, he wrote a love letter to you. And I'm saying that, I mean, I've got my hands raised here. You can't see me, but I'm just saying, I'm saying that with tears welling up in my eyes to let you know it is hard. I do not have a vibrant time with the Lord every day. It is not the easiest part of my, I'm not like sitting there, sitting outside, listening to the birds and going, Lord, I just crave time with you every day. I have to fight for it. Sure. I have to fight for the desire. So I'm saying that just to relieve anyone listening, like yeah, go to the word, but go to the word because you believe and know that he has a message for you. He, yeah. His love letter to you isn't only in the book of John. It's not only in mm. the book of Philippians. His love letter to you is from the first word in Genesis all the way to the last word in Revelation. Like yeah. the whole counsel of the word of God is telling you the full plan he has for your redemption, but also your new story. Yeah. And so go behold him by actually seeing who he really is. Don't make up ideas about who he is mm. and don't take somebody else's word for it. You know, yeah. like don't go to Instagram and be like, she says that God loves to give you only good gifts. Well, I'm sorry, but you might want to like go and check it out. What does God say about all his gifts yes. are good? Why? Why are they mm. good? Right? We don't just take somebody else's word for it. Yeah. Secondly, big picture, 
I think God is screaming his name at us all at all times, but we're too focused at looking down, right. down at our phones, down at our problems, down at the thing that we can't figure out. You know, when your necklace is like tied up in a knot, yes. you know, when you pull it out of your, and you're sitting there and you just keep messing with it and you keep pulling and pulling and you're like trying not to cuss. And you're <laughs> like, what is going on? Why won't it come up undone? And you're like, I laid these in here and they got tangled and you're sitting there for the next hour. That's what I feel like I do a lot of times with the things that I don't like about my life, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm just going to sit there and keep trying to pull it apart. Uh, uh, uh. And I so fixate on that, that I don't realize everything else that's going on and and Mm -hmm. how God is working and what he wants me to look at beyond this. And so I, I guess I'm just saying, Everybody has access to a sunrise and a sunset. Every single day is started by the Lord. Every single day is closed out by him too. And you don't have to live in a beautiful part of the world. You don't have to stand. You live by the ocean. I live by the mountains, but everybody lives underneath a starry sky. There's not one human being on the face of this planet that could not cry out to the Lord, stand outside with tears running down their face and look up to the sky and say, you made a covenant with Abraham and there were stars at that time. And they're stars now. You yeah. don't forget promises. You don't forget yeah. your promises. Not gonna forget me. Mm-hmm. And I just think that we forget that he's there. Like transformation of a butterfly. I paint those over and over again. Or that you know there are seasons. There are seasons in our gardens. Why are we not paying attention to the things that he's telling us outside of his word, even mm-hmm. to reinforce what he's telling us in his word? Like, look yeah. at me. Look what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Hey gals, I want to take a quick break in the middle of this episode and make sure that you have heard about our fall coaching series. We just finished our summer coaching series and it is such a treat that we got to do this with just dozens and dozens of women. This fall, we're going to be diving into three different topics in our fall coaching series. We're going to be talking about utilizing your strengths, harnessing your weaknesses and finding out who your people are. So whether you are in ministry, whether you are a mom, whether you are a small business owner or a college student, these coaching sessions are for you. Now, the craziest thing that I pray you've heard is that the coaching series itself is $75, but if you want to join for free, all you have to do is pre-order two copies of You Are the Girl for the Job and you get entry into our fall coaching series for free. So head to youarethegirlforthejob.com or goandtellgals.com backslash coaching to find out more about that. I can't wait to see you in there. Okay, so... Some very, very blessed gal reads Beholding and Becoming, and she finishes the last page and she closes the book. How do you hope her life is shifted? Hmm. That's a good question. I love your questions, girl. Um, Well, first of all, I hope that it took a long time for her to savor the book. Mm. I made the book in a way where there's no cliff notes. You can't speed read. There's not even major call outs where you could skim it and just say, oh, these are the four main points. It's got a ton of art in it, but it's got a ton of writing in it. And I, what I hope is 
you know how they say that a pattern or a, um, a habit's formed if you do something for 30 days or yeah. whatever that adage is? I really believe that if we can learn that life is not an emergency, we're not all in a hurry all the time, that we might miss the Lord if we don't just slow down. So I hope that when she turns the last page, she would have gotten in a rhythm of paying attention and staying mm-hmm. awake and kind of like showing up for her life a little bit more, thinking about cleaning out the refrigerator in a little different way. Not because I'm giving you any formulas for how to clean out a refrigerator. I'm just speaking into how the Lord's kind of at work teaching us things yeah. in things that we don't really want to even think about in our daily lives. I guess I just hope that the book ends up being kind of like a lens that we learn to see through. If anything, it's just an invitation to kind of start looking differently and turn our eyes and our, and, and here's the thing we say all the time, old him, turn your eyes upon Jesus. We yeah. always say that. Yeah. Just the reality is when you turn your eyes upon something, usually you're, usually you're not giving the side eye. Usually you're yeah. turning your eye, you're turning your head and your whole body, your shoulders turn. If you see That's a good. friend coming up the road and you're like, your, your sweet friend, Rachel, when she's coming into town and you're like, they're here, they're here. You are not looking at the corner of your eye. You are like full body right. facing the car that's coming, that's holding your BFF, showing up. We're going to have a great time. And your whole body is running towards what you're beholding. Yeah. It's what it is in life, right? You and I know. Yeah, we side-eye some things. Sometimes we see things out of the peripheral. But the things that you're really gazing at, your whole body is running full force. So the direction that you're headed, girls, like whoever's listening, where you want to be in five years is going to be shaped by the direction of your gaze right now. And so... My hope is that that last page turns and you turn your body and your mind and your whole face and eyes towards what is true and what is good. And it could be informed by other books like the one you wrote, Jess. Like it could be informed by a really good book. It could be informed by a really good podcast or good sermons or a beautiful sunset. It could be informed by a really great conversation with a friend. I'm not trying to be overly spiritual about this. This is not like it's only informed by reading a passage of scripture and meditating on it, but start with God's word because that will inform everything else in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Here's what I find that is so beautiful about beholding and becoming. You've just done a beautiful thing in reminding us that we're all worshipers. Mm-hmm. That, like this is who we are. This is what we can do. We have eyes. We can see mm-hmm. him. We have ears. We can listen. We have hands. We can touch his people and move around. We can perceive him. He's created us with this yes. ability to perceive him. Even those of us who don't have eyes or can't hear, mm-hmm. he's given us these hearts that transcend life and death and eternity yes. and yeah. and perceive what he's up to. Mm-hmm. And so it's such a, just a good reminder. This is who you are, your worshipers. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good reminder that the becoming, this work of sanctification is what he does. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> like, it's it just, is. That's why I love this book because we need the reminder, like this is who you are and this is what's happening. This is who you yeah. are and this is what's happening. This is who you are and this is what's happening. Don't And you don't it. need fancy tools, right? Yeah. Like I would love if all of us, if you and I got to go back to seminary and get seminary degrees, awesome. Yeah. But if you don't have that, it doesn't mean we're any less equipped 
to be sanctified, right? That's his word. No other prerequisite than a surrendered heart saying, I'm in and I'm yours. Yeah. That is the only prerequisite. And so let's stop buying into the idea that sanctification happens on the other side of a seminary degree or some incredible discipline in our lives. No, it happens in the process, in the midst of that. And I think about the fact that in the world, in the industry that you and I are in, a lot of times we separate and go, here's my home life. This is the hustle and the business life. But the reality is like, even in that, even in the serving of him, like serving him, creating work, creating good work and speaking the message that he's laid on our hearts, even in that, I have to constantly bring it back to, am I beholding him in this or am I really building my own kingdom? You know, yeah. and that's just, yeah, that's just the honest truth because yeah. the reality is it's not a one and done thing. It's not like I got that right at the start of Grace Laced and so therefore my company is set. No, it's like I have to constantly be like, is this decision we're making, is this product we're choosing to create, is this way we're thinking about marketing, is this honoring mm -hmm. him, Is does that esteem him highly? Because that's what worship is. Worship is yeah. esteeming and saying, you're better than me. Yeah. You are worthier than me. You're greater than me. Like everybody look at him when John the Baptist said, look at mm -hmm. him, look over there, Lamb of God. That's him esteeming and worshiping Jesus more than himself. It kind of helps for us just to say, what am I esteeming most? Right. Am I esteeming my reputation? Am I esteeming my well-behaved kids? Mm. Am I esteeming home? Am I esteeming a good book launch? What am I esteeming mm. most? Because that's where my worship is. So, so, so good. Well, friends, you have just a little bit longer to pre-order beholding and becoming. And I believe you will not be disappointed. I believe we'll all be encouraged. And no matter what, we'll share all the places where you can find Ruth online and learn from her and watch her as she follows God. But in the meantime, anything else you want to share with us or any parting words for our women, Ruth? Mm, well, I'm just grateful, Jess. I'm grateful to be your partner as we run this race together and just pointing women to the hope of the gospel because really your season, whatever season it's in, like I always say, you don't have to be blooming to be growing right. because don't hold out living out your calling just because you don't see the full display of all the blooms you're hoping for. Like just walk faithfully in everyday faithfulness today. And that may start simply by just turning your gaze to him. Yes. I love that. So good. Thank you, friend. We're so grateful for you. Thank we you. love learning from you as you are learning. Love you, friend. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode. We are praying for you guys. We really truly mean that we are praying that God feels near to you. We know that he is near. I perceive that you know that he is mighty in you. And I pray that you feel his power and his presence in your midst. You are the girls for the job. Go and tell the good news. Yeah.